Um, I really need to read you out this, uh... Actually, could you read out this note for me? Sure. Which one is it specifically? Should be the first one there. What the f*** is it? What does this say? Okay. Daniel B. Gay. Kaylee was doing normies too. That's literally what Robin wrote in her notes. Daniel B. Gay. Kaylee was doing normies too. Okay. I mean, she's right. Hello, and welcome to Are the Hunter Podcast, brought to you by the Fictionals Podcast Networks. How many times can you whip in one day? That's my name three is- so far <laughs> in the podcast. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can find attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I could bring any character back through the anomaly, obviously I would pick Abby. Mm. Like, that's just a given. Hey, she who whips. Would you like to introduce yourself now? We're saying is she who whips. <laughs> We're sitting across from each other and she has whipped now four times. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could bring a character back from Inside the Anomaly... I don't want to hear this. I would choose Finn. Why? Because it would make absolutely no sense, Brittany. It's on a completely different planet in a completely different lifetime. How the heck would that happen? I just like... So you're just saying this to be chaotic? To be chaotic. Okay. Literally. And I just want him to show up and like throw a wrench in Raven's life, Clark's life, everyone's life. Yeah, I would just... I like that. And I also think that um, it would be funny to have Thomas McDonald just like show back up and be like, I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sure. Today we have words to say about episode 613 of The 100, The Blood of Sanctum. All right, tutor boot. I am going to give this episode a pretty solid toot, in my opinion. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and like, it's not, it's not, it's not close to like the shoot level of toot, but it's at, it's at a solid toot. Sometimes I listen to how we talk and I think we sound so, just so stupid. So to remind everybody, the scale goes from best to worst. One last time for this season. Shoot, toot, newt, boot, scoot. And I'm giving it a toot. And I'm going to give it a newt. That's fair. I think this would have been a fine, like, Mm mid-season. But to me, this was not much of a finale just because there was so much going on that we barely got to keep track of, like, the actual characters. Right. It was just like, shove the plot in your face. And I was like, okay. Okay. All right. So thoughts from listeners? Let's do it. Okay, some reminders from our anonymous friend on SoundCloud. Um, Gabriel and Russell grew all of the embryos in incubators, which was mentioned in like 605 or something. But I remember us being like, tell us more about the incubators at that point. Like, are they women? Are they, like, what are the incubators? What, like, tell us more about that, they they didn't, like, obviously they said incubators, but given how much these people dehumanize Mm -hmm. other people, they could have very easily been talking about, like, actual women Mm -hmm. or, like, people with uteruses at any any rate. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's so sad that all of that went completely unexplored Mm -hmm. because there were such interesting, like, parts of, like, the prime mythology that they just... I left know. on the table. I understand that they only have 13 episodes and we also have to like talk about, you know, our characters and everything, but God, were the primes interesting. And I'm like, what? I didn't learn anything about Jasmine in this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if they hadn't spent so much damn time on the Shade Hedda storyline, mm-hmm. which I still don't like, mm-hmm. we would have had room for that. Yeah. Also, I don't remember which point 
uh, in the podcast this was, but you pointed out it's a plot hole how Clark knows about Shade Hedda. I'm just rewatching episode four, and she explicitly says, Gaia told me about Shade Hedda. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked, and that's before Clark was Josie-fied. So. Okay. Not a plot hole. Okay. Not a plot hole, but definitely a Britney hole. Nope. Uh, upset I said that. I'm more upset that you're going to keep it in the podcast. Yeah. 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 Hey, look, a helicopter. That's a seaplane. Yeah, that's really embarrassing. That's like not even shaped like a helicopter. Seaplane McDonough. Seaplane McDonough. Anyway, Fun so- fact about me, I cannot see a seaplane without saying seaplane McDonough, which is a- Jumanji reference. I like that movie. Me too. It's the best. The original and the the remake. They're both good. I don't think I ever saw the original. It's good. But the remake I've seen like 10 times. The original is interesting because it blends the world of Jumanji but brings those elements into the real world. Yeah. So instead of like you seeing these like fantastical things in that world, there's like snakes slithering through your living room Mm -hmm. or a stampede or something. Like it's pretty cool. Anyway, what's actually really cool and how I can actually connect this to Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is that the consciousnesses of certain people go into different people. That is an upsettingly good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like as if if Spencer was a prime and Dwayne The Rock Johnson was the host, bam. Oh, imagine like just like getting to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Can somebody write a crossover no. of the primes and and Jumanji? Thank you so much. Oh my god. If you haven't seen Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. You should see it because the second one's gonna come out and I'm really excited about it. And it's like pretty inclusive and diverse and mm-hmm. really just good. It's a really good movie. This is about last episode, Ms. Flashley on Twitter. Did anyone peep that look on Clark's face when Becco hugged? I think that's why she said that awkward line, what took you so long? She didn't like it. They are deaf setting up Balark in season seven. P.S. We do have Dairy Queen in the U.S. How do you feel about Balark in season seven? They're not doing it. Like, yeah. here's the thing. I love you guys. I, like, I see it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't ignore that. This show doesn't respect you enough to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't think you're smart enough. They don't, they don't want to give this to you. Like, Jason Rothenberg, the showrunner, has said multiple times he's not doing Bellark. They're not doing Bellark. To him, it is a platonic relationship. So just manage your expectations. Odds are it will never happen. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying, please, like, be gentle with yourselves, you know? Like, don't go into this expecting something because you will be let down because they they have no interest in giving you what you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a good thing because it's not. Yeah. Like, logically at this point, it should have happened. Like, that final scene with Bellamy and Clark yeah. lit with the sunlight, I was like, are they about to do it? Yeah. And then, of course, they didn't because logically that would make sense. But this show is dedicated to telling the audience, to, like, gaslighting the audience, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're saying... You can have these scenes, but if you interpret them r- romantically, you're an idiot. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. okay. So listen, I want Bellark to happen for you, but I don't think it's going to. And I'm not trying to be mean. And I'm not trying to be like, like create disappointment in your stomach. I'm just saying, please be careful. Mm-hmm. Just protect yourself. Yeah. Um, and then we got a DM from Liv Brown, who is at Liv Brown 12, but it's all about the finale. Ooh. And so uh, I want to be kind to the people who may be listening to this podcast without having seen the finale yet. Which apparently some of you do. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> no, but if you're, like, I meant like there are some people who cho- who are choosing not to watch the show anymore, but are still sticking around with Oh, us. I thought you meant they were wa- listening to this before and I was like, oh no. Y'all, what are you doing? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, to respect those people, we are going to talk about that DM uh in a bit yeah um so there were like kind of two separate storylines in this that wasn't loud enough to be gunfire just to be clear 
Are you sure? No, it was probably a motorcycle backfiring as well. Okay, I hope so. Like, gunfire is usually a lot louder. But we're 22 floors up. Still, like, but we can hear people talking on the street. That's true. We'd be able to hear people yelling. Okay. Wow. The world we live in, am I right? So... There were definitely, like, two separate storylines in this episode, mm-hmm. but I just did it chronologically anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to be like, I hope you did it chronologically, yeah. because I think that makes the most sense for a finale. Yeah, uh, so that's what I did. Okay. Um, okay, so here is the first uh, scene. Sure. Okay. A la the end of last episode, there are guns and more guns and yikes. Indra's like, suckers, if you kill them, we will kill you. Clark's like, sucker, this is your daughter. Indra's like, oh, you right, you right. <laughs> They get to the mess hall, and Russell informs everyone that they're going to Planet Beta, which is a 20-year journey. Y'all can come or not come. It's up to you. Maddie gets a bunch of people killed, and Clark is forced to knock her out. So, first of all, just want to say, freaking called it at the beginning of this season. We were talking about, like, if there's an alpha, where's Beta and stuff? And we thought either it was a planet or it was the team, Mm -hmm. like, in different spots on the planet. Yeah. And now it's... It's a different planet. And I'm like, why didn't y'all just go there anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like, this planet seems pretty garbage. Who Let's are we going to meet on Planet Beta now? Yeah. They don't bring this up all season. Well, they're not going to Planet Beta. They're eventually going to go to Planet Beta. We only have one season left. Right now, and we're de- dealing with the anomaly, and like, Jordan's... Oh, this is spoilers for the people who haven't seen the finale yet, I guess. Trust, trust me, they're but, going to Planet like, Beta. you know, Jordan's staying behind and everything, so like, we're... They're going to do it. Maybe that'll be the end. Like, why set all those breadcrumbs up if they're not going to do it? You know what I mean? True. One thing that I did actually really like after having seen the the whole episode Mm -hmm. um, was Clark going, like, two Gaia, one, two, three, shoot. Like, and then there's a one, two, three, shoot when Clark's going to do that, too. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool parallel. Um, It's a 20-year journey to beta, so comparatively, it's pretty close. Especially when they have cryopods, like... Yeah, exactly. No big. Clark saves Maddie from Simone. Yay. Yay. Well, I, like, you know, it was... I just think that, like, Clark does a lot of, like, really quick thinking. I mean, Clark is always the best strategist in the room. And she's always... And she's able to pull it off as something Josie would do, too. Mm -hmm. So I really like that about Clark being Josie. I think if Clark was in our world... She would make a great politician, but she'd never be a politician because mm. she just has a solution for everything. Right. But I don't know. Whenever like Simone slash Simone as Abby is involved, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. My favorite character is like corpse is walking around, but that's fine. How much of the, you think, how much of Simone's voice is like Abby's body and how much is actually Simone? Because I found that she was talking a lot like Abby the entire time when, um, like, Simone, like, even though she needs to say things quietly, I found that every time that Simone was speaking quietly, when it was Tatiana playing her, um, she would just kind of talk like this quietly. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Paige is playing Simone, um, she's whispering. And that's something that Abby did. So, um, yeah, what do you think about that? I don't know. That might have just been, like, Paige's acting choice that she wanted to, you know, maybe have Simone adapt differently to a different body and have to adjust how she whispers or speaks quietly depending on the vocal cords that she ends up with, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also don't know, I kind of wonder if Paige had any time to study because I kind of wonder how far in advance she knew this was going to happen. Right. And I kind of doubt she knew very far in advance. I just feel like if she didn't know very far in advance, they should have brought Tatiana back and have her do the 
the scene so that Paige could watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just given a lot of like the post episode interviews, it seems like everything about the Kanan Abby storyline, especially Abby storyline kind of just was a victim of external circumstances. So mm-hmm. I really doubt if Paige knew what was going on. Yeah. I just like, I know that like in Deathly Hallows part one, when they had to do Polyjuice potion scenes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like those actors who were in the Ministry of Magic would watch Dan, Rupert, and Emma do it and then do what they were doing. So, well, Grayston did that with Kane, right? Yeah. Like he did that with Ian. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe it was a mixture of like Paige's acting choices and just finale times end up getting nuts. Yeah. So, true. Everyone who knows that it is Clark, which is like, pretty significant yeah, number like of people are like, chunk. are like, yikes. Like, they understand that, like, she just saved Maddie's life, basically, but also, like, so you just knocked out a kid and your kid, too. Uh, like, cool. uh, this is not an ideal situation, one might say. Yeah. Um, and then Gaia just, like, hands Becca's journal to Raven. All season. Hello? All season. Also, when did Gaia have time to go pick that up? Also, they were saying that it was there was there was also Titus's journal. Remember? Yeah. When they said it was Titus's journal, and we were like, "Oh, I thought Becca was the only one who had a journal." And then and then and then it turned back into just Becca's journal. <laughs> like this is a Riverdale type mistake. You shouldn't be doing this. In the effort of in the interest of being nice, I will say nothing. Okay. Cool. Caleb is worried about the planets not being survivable. How excited are you about Caleb? Uh, the fact that I can just say Caleb is <laughs> and that Caleb exciting. had a role. Yeah. You were obsessed with Caleb all season, and now all of a sudden, things are happening around him that you are appreciating. I mean, he immediately died, but, like, I just, like, appreciated the time that I had with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caleb is worried about the planets not being survivable. Russell says they'll just keep looking until they find one. We are descended from Voyagers. A.K.A. they oh are my the Voyagers. God. <laughs> A.K.A. they are the Voyagers. Um, Simone wants to get rid of Maddie, but Russell knows they need the others to follow them so that they'll be their slaves. Sure. What a cool guy. Cool. Simone then wants to kill the sleeping army. They can wipe them all and have their pick of them as hosts. I mean, in terms of plans, it's not a bad one. That's true. It's it's the most solid plan anyone's had all season. Yeah. All right. You descended from Voyagers. Voyagers. Still it calls me. But the call isn't out there at all. It's, it's inside me. It's like the tide always flowing and rising. And I'll carry you here in my heart to remind me that come what may, I know the way. I am a wanda. I can't get up there, so I have to go low. I am a wanda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am Moana. I am Moana. <laughs> I feel like I can get surprisingly, it doesn't sound good, but I can get my voice pretty low. Okay. You know, you can like go an octave up without it being that low. Oh no, I, I know. I am Moana. I just think it sounds bad. I am Moana. I am Moana. I'm just f***ing around, you know that, right? <laughs> what were we talking about? I went on IMDb. Uh-huh. 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 And the guy who plays Caleb. Uh-huh. Uh, it turns out that his guard was named Bryson. I don't know Bryson. if he, he was in, like, the beginning of the season and he got his name or, like, where he got his name from, but... His agent might have put it in. Bryson. His name's Dyson. Okay. Thank you. So they're like, let's just keep going until we find somewhere survivable. And I'm like, okay, what happens if you never find somewhere survivable? Um, you die in space. And thus, the show starts over again. Mm. Yeah. I'm not even joking. So I bet you that's how the show ends. 
That they die in space? Uh, that they end up back in space. Oh, boy. But, like, prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what they said, but I was under the impression, and they did imply that there are teams on every planet. Yes. Did they just die if it wasn't survivable? Like, if they get there and they're like, it's not survivable, and everyone else just died, or what? Probably. Or they maybe they went into cryo and just stayed in cryo up in space. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean... Um, maybe that's a next season mystery it they also said that they all have mind drives too but if like they didn't have a gabriel who could like reverse engineer them then like they probably have died anyway well yeah that one kind of doesn't i feel like halfway through the season they kind of forgot what they established at the beginning of the season yeah because the mind drives had to be reverse engineered in order for them to work yeah so they wouldn't all be primes yeah they would have just died and had probably had their memories uploaded to a computer at the most. Like, were they all given embryos? Because, like, it's clear And that what was the point of the embryos? Well, they were all there on Allegis 3, correct? Yes. So, it's not like Allegis 3 was, like, just those 13 people. Like, no. Allegis 3 was a bunch of people, a bunch of different teams who were going to different planets. Yes. And they stopped at Alpha, and they were like, off you go. And then they stopped at Beta, and they were like, off you go. And then they stopped at... I'm guessing Delta and Gamma. Yeah. Off you go, off you go, you mm-hmm. know? So... I guess they would all have mind drives. They would probably all have their own little, like, nightblood embryos. But it's like... So what... They said that Gabe... Like, the whole point of Gabriel being on that planet, like, is to create the primes and to create immortality. What do you mean? The whole... Like, story-wise? Yeah. Or, like, the his whole, job... No, story-wise. Yeah, I was gonna say, his job description was not that. No. So, if there's people on other planets, was this... I'm guessing... Primes couldn't have always been the plan. No, Immortality no, could not have always not. been the plan. No. But they forgot to tell us what the point was and why Becca invented this in the first place. Well, one thing that I really liked from a few episodes ago was when Gaia said, like, this is not what Becca intended. Exactly. She, like, specifically, like, like Becca Promheta, like, invented the flame to keep knowledge going, not to keep all of the knowledge for yourself. Or something like that, she said. But I, I remember loving that line and totally agreeing with it. So, yeah, that definitely wasn't Becca's intention ever. Exactly. So that's why I'm kind of just like, you can't just have, you can't just forget the mythology that you established. Yeah, so one of the things that we thought the mind drives were for originally before they had been reverse engineered was that it would like, would download all of their memories. Memories. Yes. And then they would just die, but then we would have all the knowledge. Yeah. Well, that, or like, I always thought, you know, it was part of like the idea that you could live forever inside a computer mm-hmm. and in that maybe the mind drives were supposed to take that one step further we had two theories there we had that one and then we had the theory that it was an expansion oh to store more information right like the pen seed. exactly right so it would have downloaded the info and like another thing they say is basically like we can just like go on the wi-fi and like find out if they died or not or something like that yeah it's kind of what he said so i'm like okay so, so like why didn't you there was a lot Do in this that, one scene. <laughs> There's a lot in this one scene that negated most of the science at the front half of the season. And that yeah. was the best part of the front half of the season. Yeah. Was like the really cool sci-fi and the great character relationships. Yeah. So I was like, why are you torpedoing it? Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> I like how Josie, Josie even says like dibs on Josie. Maddie is my next host because then that means like nobody else can touch her. Oh, I didn't even think about that yet. Like she knows what she's doing. Oh, for really sure. Like that. She's a genius. You know how it be. I have a lot of thoughts about Miranda's line in which she says, we'll never even have to know them. What do you think? I don't have, I didn't even think about this line. Clearly you have. Yes. I'm just like, yeah, y'all are monsters. That makes sense. But you don't usually know them. 
At least not recently. I think everyone else knows them. Riker was the only one who got to know, like, their histories, I guess? Actively, but, like... Yeah. But Gabriel was the only one who, like, knew the person who he was... Yeah, like, he formed a bond with them. Like, is she talking about that type of thing where it's, like, Gabriel knew Xavier and then, like, he died and he knew exactly who he killed because he knew him? Or is she saying that, like, you know, when Riker became whatever, or, like, we all knew Delilah and then she became Priya, you know? Like, I don't know exactly what she means, but I thought that was so interesting. It's, like, you personally, at least not recently, haven't had to know these people. No! But it's, like, clear that it's, like, such a burden to them, and they're, like, that's, like, the worst thing about it, you know? It's, like, I think they must mean knowing, sorry, I didn't mean to judge for you, but um, I think they must mean knowing the person before one of the primes goes in them. Not necessarily their own prime, but, like, it's, like, getting to know Delilah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that line was really interesting. There was a lot of subtext there. I didn't, like, I literally was, like, okay, you guys are, like, jerks next. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, hey, actually? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, yeah, true. In Sanctum, our heroes are surrounded by a mob. Bellamy doesn't want to hurt anybody, so they won't fight. The mob throws in some knockout gas, and we are kind of screwed. When they wake, they are tied up, and the Sanctumites are looking for non-believers. Non-believers have to drink the blood of Sanctum or die. Layla chooses to die. Miller chooses to drink. Murphy and Amori, as primes, come to save them. On the way out, Daniel's boyfriend, Zev, cool name, <laughs> kisses Murphy... Which is dope. Okay, so I had a couple thoughts during this scene, Mm -hmm. and then it was immediately eclipsed by Murphy. Dude, (laughs) I literally tweeted, like, there's something really, really horrible has to happen for me to boot this smooch that just happened. Yeah, and, like, for me, the horrible thing did happen. But for Mm -hmm. you, you were like, okay, but Murphy. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I noticed at the beginning of this scene where I was like... Okay. Bellamy is all of a sudden back to not wanting innocent people to die. <laughs> yeah. And even like later when Octavia's like, we can't let them die. And Bellamy's like, true. And I'm like, it's like, it's Bellamy though. So you know? make a decision what Bellamy's personality is this so, season. So like, it's okay. Like, we, you know, we can forgive it when it's a character who's like a little bit smaller, but like Bellamy's it's your lead. Bellamy. <laughs> Bellamy's your male lead. He needs to have a consistent worldview. Yes. And and to have the worldview change on something that is this big, which is genocide or not genocide. Yeah. That's a huge thing to leave inconsistent. Like, what even happened to flip him back? Like, I don't remember. Nothing. Okay. I guess Octavia being around, Clark being back, maybe? He- but Clark was back when he was in his cardigan making comfy decisions. Did he forgive Octavia before this episode? No, they had a conversation in the cave. Yeah, and then at the end he was kind of just like, okay, like she was like, say I'm your sister, and he was like, Mer. and then he, and then they left, right? Yeah, like they're they're like working together, but there hasn't, well, before the, there was no reconciliation. Yeah. So, again, it's more like things happening off screen to these characters in order to like accommodate the plot, and I'm like, one last time. Characters should be moving the plot. The mm-hmm. plot should not be moving the characters all the time. Yeah. And the plot certainly should not be changing core characteristics of a character's, like, mm-hmm. person. This season, not necessarily at the beginning or, like, the first half, but the definitely the second so half. Um, it definitely felt more like, here's our plot. Let's fit the characters into where we need them to be. Yeah. Instead of... Certain certain very good shows that I personally really like. Whoa. That put the characters first and have the characters mm-hmm. bring the story forward, which is, in my opinion, the way to do it. 
That's how sci-fi should be. Yeah. You're supposed to throw characters into this fantastical situation and see what they do. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, the best of, like, you know, Lost or Battlestar is you put these people on an island. What do they do? You throw these people into the middle of a robotic apocalypse. What do they do? Yeah. And the best and most memorable parts of those shows are the characters, the relationships they have with each other. Like, mm-hmm. the space battles always cool you mm-hmm. know like i remember the adama maneuver as much as i remember adama and Rosalind's relationship like those two things can exist in like happily together because it's plot and it's character but for the first half of this season for sure mm-hmm. the characters were like you threw them into a situation and they were kind of getting a feel for it right mm-hmm. like they were kind of being like okay what's going on here they're mending all of their realistic relationships. realistic so realistic that's why like i think i'm so angry now mm-hmm. because the first half was some of the best this show has ever done and was just good sci-fi. Yeah. And then they started needing things to happen. And so the characters' personalities started changing and their motives started changing and it would happen episode to episode. And so you're like, okay, so who's Bellamy this episode? Yeah. You know, is he still the angry brother? Is he still in mourning? Is he still Echo's boyfriend? Is he pro-genocide or anti-genocide? Which one is it? And, like, he can take multitudes. He can be more than one, but you gotta stick to it once you find out what it is. And other characters need to call that out. If, if he's flip-flopping, like we're noticing, someone should be like, dude, are you okay? Yeah. Like, Clark, at the very least, should be like, I feel like psychologically, Bellamy, you're a little compromised right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be such an interesting conversation for Bellamy and Clark to have, which yeah. is Clark's, like, in the middle of this huge thing, and she's noticing Bellamy you're kind of messed up right now. Mm-hmm. But of course, the plot can't have that because you yeah. got to push the plot forward. So Bellamy being inconsistent is just, well, throw your hands up, whatever. Yeah. It's not fair to Bellamy. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to Bellamy's fans, just like Raven's fans. Mm-hmm. I'd say Abby's fans, but she's dead, so. It's not fair to them either. I am one of them. I know. So um, this crazy freaking lady. Yeah, I'm going to say she's a little unstable. Her name is Tori. Okay. That's what it said on IMDb. Sure. I noticed she had an infinity tattoo on her hand, or like it was written or something. There was a lot of like the infinity like symbols around. I mean, obviously that like represents the primes at this point. So that makes sense. I just wanted to point it out. Oh, I thought I didn't even associate it with like representing the primes. I associated it with like the established like Becca stuff. Yeah, well, like, at the beginning of the season when they came, there was all that infinity signs because of the primes, right? Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm just like, will someone please worship Becca? (laughs) Listen, everybody who was worshiping Becca was basically dead. Slash asleep right now. Well, I guess you're right. They definitely were doing that, though, so don't worry. I mean, I, yeah, it. I guess Guy, Guy was there. Guy yeah. was there. Yeah. Um. So only Miller drank it, and my question, like, when I was re-watching it was, like, did anything happen with this? No. Yes. He, you don't they, think so? No, they did. They okay. Got, they got into Jordan's room, and Miller, like, passed out or something. Oh, my God, I completely freaking yeah. missed that. They were, like, running towards the palace, and Miller was like, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, and then they ran out, and they put him down, and he fell asleep. Duh! And he said that he was going to be asleep for, like, two hours. He literally, like, couldn't walk. Yeah. Hello, Brittany. Yeah. I literally was just like, oh, did he get hit? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought he got, like, caught in a crossfire. Okay. Two different things happened. Both of us were like, did anything happen with Miller drinking the blood? And yours went, completely forgets Miller drank the blood. And then notices that Miller is hurt. My brain goes, oh, Miller drank the blood. We should remember that. Something happened there. And then I was just like completely didn't even notice that Miller was hurt. Okay, or, like, feeling to weird. be fair, because so much stuff was going on, Yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, thanks. Okay. I've talked about how much I like the relationship between Amori and Bellamy before. Yes. I basically made up Amori and Bellamy's entire relationship 
in my mind. Yeah, the show doesn't give us it, so like you fill um, you filled in the blanks, and I love it. Literally, like like I've said, like pick two members of Space Crew, and I've probably thought about their relationship because, like, you know, it's it's six six years, six years that we will never see. So something must have happened there. But so Amori like kind of like grabs Bellamy's face as pretending to be Kaylee and stuff, and I'm just like. Amori and Bellamy, even though I made that up. You know what's interesting? When we were doing the podcast last season, you and I were just kind of like, we wish that we'd seen those six years, but it's not a big deal that we didn't. Mm -hmm. But I think we were kind of short-sighted in that because now we're sort of getting the effects of they can do whatever they want with any friendship because they can just say, oh, they spent six years on the ring. But I wanted to see that, you know? And I know I brought this up before as well, but like um, Lost had a three-year time jump, but because Lost is so heavy with flashbacks, flash forwards, loads of different types of flashes, you still get to see a lot of of those three years, which is really nice. Um, so that's why I was, like, hoping that they were going, since they've taken so many notes out of Lost's book this season, um, I was, I guess I was just hoping that we would get something. Well, they did the same thing on Battlestar. They jumped a year forward, and that was, like, one of the most jarring time jumps I've ever seen. Um, they did a year time jump, and then you actually get later into the third season, and things have gone back to normal, and then you get a whole flashback episode. Mm. And you finally learn everything that happened. Lost then, did a few of those, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the really nice thing is that when you're learning that, it's also establishing, those flashbacks are also establishing future things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, future relationships. Like, yeah, Adama and Rosalind got close on New Caprica, and that's going to set up their relationship farther down the road. Mm-hmm. But with this, it was just, like, because we didn't see it, we couldn't see the setups to these future things, yeah. which sucks. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. Um, I really need to read you out this. Uh, actually, could you read out this note for me? Sure. Which one is it specifically? It should be the first one there. What the f*** is it? What does this say? Okay. Daniel B. Gay. Kaylee was doing normies too. That's literally what Robin wrote in her notes. Daniel B. Gay. Kaylee was doing normies too. Okay. I mean, she's right. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Oh, no, I do. Kaylee was getting with Isaac, who was, like, not a null, I don't think, but was, like, a guy who had gone to the Children of Gabriel. Which I thought that wasn't allowed. Or potentially was a null? I don't remember. But what do you mean it wasn't allowed? For them to get with Have relationships with normal people. I didn't think that that was permitted. Me neither. But, like... What up with that? It doesn't seem like Daniel and Zev, which interest... Why would... Interesting name choice, whatever that means. But is that short for something? It has to be. And then I was like, Xavier? And then I was like, no, that's probably not it. That's, <laughs> you're like, that's no, probably not it. That's that's a name Ze- already. Zeph be short for? Zephyr. Why wouldn't they just say Zephyr then? Be like, your name is after flying thing? Okay. Zev. Maybe it's like, I was going to say, maybe it's like a name for like another language. But I mean, I don't think this show is smart enough to do that. Let me see. Zev is a variation for the Hebrew uh, for wolf. So the show, okay, so cut everything that I just said. No, I don't know if that means anything, though. Yeah. I think they just saw a cool word and they were like, hey, this sounds Sure. But, like, Kaylee was getting with Isaac. Yes. So it makes sense that, like, as siblings, they'd be like, like, I remember last episode. Like, screw the system. I mean, last episode I was like, they probably actively don't like each other. You know, they've been been siblings for 15 billion years, like, they're probably over, like, hanging out or whatever. But now I'm just like, what if they yeah. conspired and were like, hey, be- even though, like... They were buds. Okay, can I... Let me just um 
project something onto them that we completely didn't get, but I'm going to make up. I mean, someone has to give us backstory for these two. It might as well be you. Okay. So Kaylee is best friends with... Josie. Josie, who is not into... Who's like a major rule follower, especially because she made up the freaking rules. Yes. Right? So she's like, you can't date normies because we're primes, obviously. Well, it's more you can't date normies because I said so. Exactly. Yeah. And also she's just like, so don't do that. And it's like, well, guess what, Josie? You don't have this problem because you're in love with Gabriel, who's also a prime. So you don't get to, like... Like, you don't have... She doesn't have to worry about, like, forming relationships with other people. She has the one she wants already. Yeah, and also, like, I know that you think that your love with of, with Gabriel has been, like, some great tragedy because it's like, oh, he left and he wants to die and blah, blah, blah. And, like, he was there when he, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a beautiful story, mm-hmm. obviously. But from Kaylee's perspective... I'm like, I understand that you think this is this great tragedy, but, like, if I fall in love with somebody, I'm going to be resurrected and they're going to be dead. Yeah, like, it is It is the whole problem with immortality is leaving people behind. Tuck everlasting. It's like, you, you just keep, the people you love just keep dying. And it's like, do I have my brother? Sure. Do I have my parents? Yes. But, but if I'm looking for, like, lifelong soulmate, like a relationship then You're like I'm, it's, it. it's just never ever going to happen for me you went to tuck everlasting you know where i went mm. jack harkness uh-huh you know what i mean yes so like different ideas but same energy but like so she's like okay josie well like you can't like you know but of course josie is like she doesn't care the worst so she like doesn't care and it's like well them's the rules so frick you yeah and so who is kaylee's next best confidant her own brother her brother yeah so she goes and she's like listen i like this guy named isaac which like who knows if that was even the first time or like if it had it couldn't have been the first time i mean she like (sighs) kaylee was really 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 mad about isaac so it's like either that was the first time that happened or it was the first time that josie like personally went and go like kill him or something i think it's the first time that josie did something yeah or it might be the first time that josie ever found out about it oh because it could have been that they'd been doing that for a while, but Josie was like, oh, sorry, you've been doing what now? In the Josie flashback in Nevermind, was, wasn't she, like, talking really, like, chill about Isaac with Kaylee? And Kaylee was like, ha, 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 yeah, hmm, and then she killed her because of Isaac or something? I mean, are we sure that what- Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, are we sure they weren't allowed to have outside relationships? No. Or is that just something that we thought? I don't think we know that for sure, but it definitely tracks with the type of rules that Josie would try to do. So we basically base this entire conversation on a supposition that we made on this podcast, but isn't actually canon. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like us. But like, here's the thing. The parents don't have this problem. So like, we've got 13 primes, yes? Yeah. 13 primes. The people who don't have problems are- Take away Russell. Take away Simone. They already have their their relationship for life. They have their soulmate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take away Miranda. Take away Caleb. Okay. 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 Take away Gabriel. Take away Josie. Okay. Okay. I, watching you can on your fingers is yeah. very funny. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Pre and Riker. Uh, yeah, I've I've got them already. Russell, Simone. Take away Josie. Take away Gabriel. Take away Miranda. Take away Caleb. Oh, and then you have to take away. Uh, Faye and Victor because they are also already married. It's, it's, it's just the kids. We're left with five. So we've got Kaylee, Daniel, Riker, Jasmine, and Priya. Yeah. Who don't have like significant others. Significant others. Because they were children minus Priya. Yeah, Priya was a single mom, yeah. So, or and I think Jasmine was like a teen, mm-hmm. like Josephine was. But like, through no fault of their own, that just like was not like they're 
they had no chance of yeah. having somebody. Yeah. So, so anyway, Kaylee must have gone to her brother, once again, making this up, and been like, Josie's not listening to me. I'm just trying to, like, you know, have a life and, you know... And, of course, Daniel's just like, listen, Josie's not in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I get it. Also, here's a secret. I'm gay. And she's like, cool, that's fine. Yeah. It's the future. It doesn't matter. Unless, like, we're trying to, like, the 70s or something. We fans, whatever. Half of that sentence was in English. No, remember when you were, like, mathematically they would have to have left in the 70s, which doesn't make sense about Becca or something? Okay, anyway. Check out our previous podcasts about that whole crap. I don't remember. Check out trying to do math and then failing. So she's like, listen, I don't know what to do. I'm sad. Also, I have a crush on Isaac. And how else are you supposed to... And also, like, if you have a crush on one of the normal people, how are you supposed to know that they like you for you and not are just like, the prime has chosen me. I must be loved with them or whatever. this is why I think it's such a damn shame that they introduced such a cool society and then they literally burned it to the ground. Yeah. Because I was like... You know what's more interesting than killing everyone every season finale? Exploring the cultures you set up. Yeah. Like, we got so little of grounder, like, mythology. And yeah, then, in like, the long run. Yeah, and then it was burned. And, like, the only thing left is, like, what, Amori and Echo? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and Gaia and Indra and Nyla. the Chip and Nyla. But, like, they don't ever get to talk about their own culture. Gaia only talks about the religious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, this show just sets up such cool worlds and then is more interested in going pew-pew mm-hmm. than it is, like, exploring the cool mythology of it. Yeah. I don't know. And so, but this this makes sense that Daniel's boyfriend would still be alive. Yeah. But because of the amount of nightbloods they were getting, his boyfriend, Zeb, probably thought that, like, as he soon as Daniel died, he's while. like, that's it. Yeah. Like, not in my lifetime. Yeah. If, if Russell goes with the order, which he Which he didn't, never does. But he probably thought, like, oh, he, like, I'm never gonna, he's never gonna come back. Yeah. And also, that's, like, the creepy thing where it's, like, the baby's born and he's like, that's gonna be my boyfriend one day, you know? I'm like, okay, what is this, Twilight? But it makes sense because Daniel, like, just died. Yeah. Like, what, like, a week or a week and a half ago? Honestly, barely. Canonically? Yeah. If it, I would literally say it was, like, less than a week. So that guy shouldn't even be done in, done mourning. Yeah. And then when Daniel comes back, and, like, then you think about the fact that Daniel was erased. Yeah, he's gone. Like, it's not even, like, he'll see him again one day. Yeah. Like, may they meet again. They friggin' won't. No, he's gone. Yeah. And that, once again, wasn't even, like, a fault of Daniel's. Like, the Lees, like, not even the fact that Kaylee was, like, a bad person or anything. Yeah. Like, Kaylee was literally, like, like, Josie's the villain, truly. Oh, yeah. But... Like, it truly, like, was Kaylee's fault, technically, that her whole family was erased. Yeah. Which is really sad, because when you think about Faye and Victor and Daniel, they were probably really, I mean... They died pretty tragically. It was definitely tragic, and it's sad that they are dead, but then now I'm remembering that Gabriel said this episode that Daniel was, like, all about the bloodletting and the blood of sanctum and stuff, so maybe not. Yeah, maybe maybe I feel less bad for them. Anyway... Yeah, but, and then that Kaylee wasn't, so I'm like, uh, never mind. I don't know. People need to do more thinking about these primes that we haven't met, though, because I think they're so interesting. People or the show? Everyone. Okay. Thanks. They all start heading to the palace to get Jordan, and everyone gets up to speed on what's been going on. They have to start running because the Sanctum people blame our heroes for Russell leaving. Okay. The only thing that I put about this was the fact that Miller feels weird. 
And yeah. so that makes it's sense. It's basically an info dump scene. Like, yeah. They're like, hey, we have a whole season's worth of information to give you. Here you go. Yeah. So that's what that scene was for. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have those scenes. So like, no yeah. no shade or anything, but I didn't really no, have liter- any thoughts literally, on they're just, they serve a plur- purpose. A plurpose. A plurpose, They serve will. a plurpose. It's a plot purpose. A plurpose. Let's keep that. I'm hoping you do. Stick a pin in it. No, I mean like, moving forward. A plurpose. A plurpose. It's like a porpoise. I think it's like a purpose, but not. No, I know, but I just started thinking about porpoise. Okay. Up in space, the Lightborns are ready to erase all of the army. Clark asks Simone if she's had any symptoms of sharing a mind, but she hasn't. Russell was sure to check this time. Clark is sad. She reveals herself as Clark by skilling the mind erasing serum and booking it. Cool. Thank you for further confirmation that Abby's dead and never coming back. Love that for me! Clark knew that Abby probably wouldn't survive, but she did still need to, like, check. You know? What? There's nothing this show loves more than torturing Clark. If this was Abby like Simone tried to convince Clark of later, Mm -hmm. why would she lie about that? Like, just because they're in front of Russell? Yeah, I was gonna say, probably because it would have, like, blown their cover if they didn't. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is before Simone knows that Clark is Josie. Yeah. If she had known that it was Clark, then she probably would have been smart and done the Abby thing sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But just as soon, just as quick, like, Clark would have figured that out. Yeah. Uh, Clark says that she is truly sorry for their loss. Is it because she and Josie were friends? Yeah. And I think Clark, like, as always, feels the weight of another death on her shoulders, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And, of course, Russell is really messed up by the fact that she's not Josie anymore because his daughter's dead. Wow, Russell. Her mom's dead. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, like, whenever his family members die, he's literally just like, ah, too bad. Well, see him in a bit. You know? Yeah, like, I don't feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you literally killed her mom. Welcome and then you turned sir. around and you were like, you killed my daughter. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I think it tracks with Russell, though. No, it does. I just hate him. Yeah. 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 He's a good villain, but I, I, yeah. I love to hate him. Um, I think he's really also, like, pretty interesting. Um, but it's something that they have done before. Like, so, for example, in season two... When you get Dante Wallace and you're like, he's a good guy, you know, he's so nice. But then he still has to die at the end. We love a sympathetic villain because it gives things complexity. Yeah. And this, you know, this show has failed me on a lot of fronts, but it's never failed on villains. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, freaking look at Charmaine Dioza. Yeah. May she rest in peace, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, And it turns out they can track mind drives. That would be an interesting plot point that they could have put into the show earlier. That's new. Like, if, if they can track mind drives, why did they send a whole hunting party to look out for Clark? Mm-hmm. If they could cr- track Josie the entire time, why not just follow your little prime GPS straight to where she was? It literally doesn't make sense. It literally doesn't make sense because Jason Rothenberg was like, oh, uh, I need this specific plot point. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put this, like, science schmience in. And I'm like, what? What? You just invalidated half of the plotline of this season because they spent so many episodes looking for Josie and Bellamy in the woods. Yeah. And could they not literally just be like, beep, boop, beep, boop, Gabriel's alive? Literally. Where's Gabriel? Like, oh, Gabriel's mind drive came back online. Guess he must be alive. Yeah. But, um, that would make too much sense, I think. Okay. Like, I'm not trying to be negative. It's just, like, they make it very easy to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know how it is. Yeah. In the med bay, Raven is busy isolating Shade Hedda. Indra tells the story of the time she saw him in action. He made everyone kneel to him, and if you didn't, he killed you and your whole family. Raven's ready to go, but Shade Hedda's made it so that to destroy him, you have to destroy the whole flame. 
They're going to do it, but Russell interrupts right before it finishes, so it fails. He takes Maddie away. So why didn't Shane had to do this, like, a couple decades ago? To destroy him, you have to destroy the whole flame? Well, because no one was trying to destroy him. But, like, I don't know. I just, so much of the Shade had a storyline, I'm like, okay, like, next. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Next. No, no thank you. I'm not <laughs> thanking you for this plot line. Um, I like that James is back. Always a, tr- a pleasure. Hi, James. Sure. Crime. Wee woo, wee woo. Wee woo, wee woo? Mm-hmm. Mm. I really did think that James was going to have a bigger, like, he showed in, he showed up at the very beginning of the season, so I thought, like, he was going to be new. Oh, you boo boo the fool. I don't really care that much. I was just kind of like, what the where heck? was he yeah. <laughs> this whole time? Um, so, yeah. One line that I re- did really like um, this episode was, where'd you learn to code like that? City of Light Community College. Funny joke, but Brittany thought of something. I was like... Why does Raven know what community college is? Yeah. She grew up on a spaceship and community college was a pretty old concept by then. Did Shaw go to community college? Maybe. And he told her about it? Maybe she learned it on the ARC's internet. Maybe. You never know. I mean, in my head, she uh, she unlocked all of YouTube and spent six years watching Jenna Marbles, so. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, so. That's the show I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Raven discovers YouTube. That's so Raven. Yeah. Indra was a kid when Shade Hedda was commander. So that kind of gives us a timeline. It's probably like Shade Hedda, somebody else, Lexa maybe, or maybe a couple more. What do you think? I was under the impression that Shade Hedda was much older. Yeah. Like, like came after Becca kind of older. Mm. So that was kind of surprising that he was much younger than we thought. Yeah. So I don't know. Gaia is willing to kill Maddie if they fail. Yo. Gaia's getting metal. I mean, like, she obviously feels horrible about it. She does not want to actually do that. But she'll do what she has to do. I mean, that's how Shade Hedda was destroyed the first time. Exactly. So she's like, I know what I have to do if I have to do it. Like, I have a solution to this problem. It's just going to be an ugly solution and Clark will never forgive me. Yeah. So basically what Raven's trying to do is isolate him onto a second computer and then delete him off the second computer. Okay. So that's important for later. Yes. So, okay, I have a question about this moment. Okay. I was saying, I was thinking like, oh, I really like that Raven asks Gaia's permission because obviously this is really, really meaningful to Gaia yeah. and it really means a lot to her. But it's a religion. Second, but my second question was, wouldn't the Raven we know just do it? She'd be like, the stakes are too high. It's happening. No, I think the Raven we, I mean, the Raven from this season that they've established who yeah. is kind of heartless would yeah. absolutely do it without asking. Mm-hmm. But the real Raven who like we haven't seen in a while, would I think she would ask. You think she would ask, like, she, do you think Raven thinks that the flame is more important than Maddie's life? No, but I think Raven thinks that Gaia's feelings are also important. Sure. More important than Maddie's life, though? No. I don't know. I think that maybe they just needed um, a little bit of extra tension in this scene, so they just threw that line in. You know how it is? Yes. The Primes, minus Russell, find Clark. She's tying herself to the airlock door. She's going to send them all out of it and reel herself back in. Simone tries to convince Clark that she's actually Abby pretending, but Clark quizzes her on Jake's name and she doesn't know it. She opens the airlock, holding on to Simone. She has to let her go. Cool. I'm literally like, whatever. Like, hey, by the way, did you know that Kane's been dead for a while? Mm. No one's brought him up at all. At all. Um, so that's cool. Um, and then it's like, it wasn't even enough that they had to kill Abby. Then then they had to kill her body. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. And then they threw her out an airlock. I do have to say I thought that airlocking her was a was 
a better decision than any other alternative I could think of. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to see Abby bleed out or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, at this point, I literally feel like so disrespected as a fan that I'm just kind of like, I don't know what I can say about this that is, you know, coherent mm-hmm. or anything like this. Like, Abby started the series almost being airlocked and then I guess ended the series being airlocked. And I guess if you're Jason Rothenberg, you find poetry in that. I know we talked a little bit about this last episode and we were trying to find a really hard, like, we were having a hard time finding an example of this, but, like, can you think of an example of a character's death other than Monty and Harper that, like, fans of that character would be at peace with or wouldn't feel disrespected by? In The 100? Yeah. Hmm. Well, the problem with The 100 is that they just care so little for their characters that aren't Clark and Bellamy. So... I mean, Finn's death was good, but obviously his fans were upset about it. But it was a good death. Mm-hmm. I can think of a billion character deaths in other shows. Yeah. That, like, John Reese in Person of Interest, like, spoiler alert, had, he died exactly the way I wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Like, because I knew that he was going to die at some point, And he died the way that I preferred. So I've definitely, like, experienced character deaths where, like, I've been devastated by it. But I knew that it was the way they were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Abby was not supposed to go like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, it felt so personal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of baffled by, I think maybe because I read the postseason interviews that Jason Rothenberg gave where he was like, yeah, basically there was no reason that we killed Kane and Abby. We just wanted to show that, like, death is random. And I'm like, Are, do you think you're doing something there? Because we know. Death isn't supposed to be random on a TV show, though. No. And you know what? To me, death isn't even random in real life because even though it does happen and death like sort of happens very suddenly, it's also something we all know is coming. Mm -hmm. And just because a death is random doesn't mean it has to be meaningless. Like even if you die doing something stupid, that doesn't make your life any less meaningful to the people who you left behind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas like when you die on the hundred, the people around you just keep going. They don't bring you up again. Right. So like, for instance... Kane, he died and no one cared. Mm-hmm. Like, Abby barely cared. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they killed these characters because, I mean, as Jason said, he just wanted to do something to hurt the audience. That's genuinely what he said. If if he thinks that death being random is realistic, I know that it's a TV show and you don't have all the time in the world, but like, this month, my grandfather will have been dead for seven years and we still go out to the cemetery to Mm -hmm. see him on his birthday and on Father's Day and the anniversary of his passing every single year. Death is a big deal. Yeah. Like, death should be taken seriously because once you're gone, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And this show does not take it seriously Unless the audience has to force them to take it seriously, like Lexa, mm-hmm. you know, like they had the Lexa fandom had to beat the writers over the head and say what you did was wrong in order to get any kind of recognition for Lexa after her death. Yeah. And now like characters like Finn, characters like Lincoln, characters like Wells, characters like Jaha. Mm-hmm. Remember when Jaha died? No one brought him up again. Wow. You're right. But the thing is that like, yeah, Jaha wasn't one of our favorite characters, so we just kind of, like, forgot about him, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I, did the show. Yeah. Wow. No, they didn't bring up Jaha again. Well, I mean, like, there was that moment in the season five finale where Octavia saw, like, people who looked like Jaha and Ethan, mm-hmm. but, like, that's it. This show, this show doesn't care. If it wants to kill someone for shock value, it will, mm-hmm. and then it'll be like, yeah, we 
did it to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, you're bad at this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like an ass, but like, I am kind of trying to be an ass. You're bad at this. You shouldn't do that. Like, maybe I'm just like one of those like sensitive millennials, but I don't know if someone who creates something should go out to try and purposefully hurt their own fans especially fans who've like been really supportive of them and like tried really hard to like be good fans and be respectful and set an example i just i don't quite understand the mentality of yeah i I just i just really wanted to hurt you Mm -hmm. why who does that yeah like point point blank i'm just gonna say it an asshole does that and i don't think i'm wrong and if you guys think i'm wrong or if you guys are like wow you're being too negative that's okay you don't have to agree with me but i think it's pretty obvious that a power trip where you kill a character to hurt your audience's feelings but then you don't follow it up by making that character mean anything after that that's bad writing i was so like annoyed at miranda this scene because like simone's like it's me abby and miranda's like simone what are you doing i'm like miranda shut shut up miranda what are you doing Obviously, she's trying to do something here. You're ruining it. I mean, I would watch Paige, Tur- Paige Turkle play a villain forever. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so like she's so good. She's so magnetic. But we lost Simone, so I guess we don't get to watch that. No. Simone definitely doesn't have Abby in there, or she would know Jake's name. Yep. Obviously. And then, okay, so now we've lost a bunch of, a bunch more chips. Yep. So the chips that we still have are, I mean, Josie's chip is still, like, around, but... Josie is off of it, so I'm not counting that. So we have Russell, Mm -hmm. who is the only prime other than Gabriel, who is still, like, actively alive. Yeah, I guess Russell made it out, which we didn't notice. I really thought that Russell would have died. I was... And then, like, I thought that maybe he did, but then, like, in the final scene, you can actually see him walking with them. Hence why I think this was more of, like, a mid-season finale than anything else, you know? Like, the villain made it out of the season. So Russell and Gabriel, obviously... We have Priya and Riker's chips as well, still. Mm-hmm. And then we lost Simone's chip. We lost Mer- all three Mason's chips. We lost uh, Victor's chip. Or was that Danny? I think I just said it was Danny. So it would have probably been Victor or Faye's I can't chip. keep track of these people at this point. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter who it was. It just matters who it went into. We lost one of the Lees. Then we lost, then, then, um, but we still have the chips for the ones that Murphy and Amori got into. Yeah. So. And they still have theirs. Yeah. And also we were like wondering whether or not the chips were in there. Like. They are. We got shots of their necks and they are in there. Oh yeah. They're definitely in there. I lost track. I think we still have one of the Lee's chips. I can't help you because I can't keep track of it. I know. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. All three Masons are gone. Priya and Riker are still here. Of the Lightborns. Josie and Simone are both gone. Russell is still here. Then we have, I feel like I'm missing a family. Valise, all four of them are gone. And then Gabriel. Okay, so I'm good. Anyway, I'm, I love the primes. I find them so interesting and I just need to know about every single one of them. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, all right. Brittany, before we move on, would you tell me what Patreon is? Oh my God, I would love to. Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. And cool. we have a Patreon. Uh-huh. It's patreon.com slash jfictionados. And our donations start at a dollar a month. Wow. And for a dollar a month, you get early access to our podcasts and 
a postcard every year. That's so cool. And I understand that um, the season is over uh-huh. for the hundred, so yeah, you won't yeah, be yeah. getting early access for that. But we do have um, quite a few other podcasts that you do get early access for. So um, if you guys enjoyed our podcasts this season, which um, we've gotten a lot of really lovely feedback, so yeah. we really, really appreciate that. And if you feel the same way, um, we would really appreciate your help. Uh, it's patreon.com slash the aficionados. I don't remember if you said that or not. I did. Um, but yeah. And if you can't donate, that's totally okay. Please recommend us to a friend. Word of mouth is also great. Yeah. We down for either one. Thank you so much. Russell looks out into space, seeing the bodies and chips of Simone and the Masons. He's going to kill Maddie as revenge, but Mad Hedda has other plans. Russell is interested in this plan. (sighs) I hate this. I'm sorry. What does the line that maddie says mean the child is already gone clearly she isn't so why say it i think i think it's just his ego he's like there's no way she can get i have control of her yeah there's no way she can ever get past me she's gone it's all me now that would make sense what are the differences i know that you don't like the storyline but i would love to know your opinion of this what are the differences between what the primes do and what the flame does slash what shadehead is doing i mean the the drives and the flame are two totally different technologies in terms of like one is literally about sharing knowledge mm-hmm. and one is about like eliminating consent and overriding people. But like what's going on right now, the primes are taking over people's bodies and, and, and so Shade had at this point there is no difference. Yeah. So I feel like Shade had, it was like, we are on the same team, on the same team for sure. Yeah. Using different, versions of the same technology mm-hmm. i don't think there is a difference yeah some dude named trey is doing some crazy sci-fi magic on jordan i mean so jordan's back finally jordan's back but at what cost what ha- yeah what happened with jordan this season he has clearly literally drank the kool-aid and is in some weird headspace of loving the primes our heroes enter and do some sleuthing trey hides but jumps out to attack octavia takes him out immediately i'm just gonna say it we didn't really need Jordan this season. I love Shannon Cook and I want more for him. But if you, you could pull Jordan right out of this season and it would not matter. No. Gabriel wants Murphy to take him back as a prisoner and drink the blood. He won't do it. O wants to help and Bellamy will too. Imori offers, but it has to be Daniel. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much to say. I think this was a waste of time. I do have, this is probably the most notes I have for a scene actually. Why? Let me go through my notes. All right. I noticed that Trey says to Jordan, before everyone comes up, feel the red sun on your face. So I wanted to point that out. Okay. Feel the sun on my face. Um, They say Miller will be out for hours. Is Jordan going to be out for hours too? Like, are they on the same level right now? I mean, probably. I mean, other than the fact that Jordan has taken more of it probably then. So he should be out for even longer. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just kind of like there. Uh, Blood of Sanctum is only partially blood and then toxin prime blood or regular people blood oh my god i never even thought about that like whose blood is this Uh, and is it full-on just blood ew i don't know ew i don't know because later when we go into like the tavern or wherever they are they're like bleeding people and they're like with red blood so i'm like Oh, then it has to be red So is blood. it just red blood? Like, I can't tell. It has to be. Um, I thought that Octavia taking out that guy pretty much immediately was pretty funny and reminded me of season two Octavia. Yeah, this Octavia, I can get on board with. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, Octavia says that she burnt the farm because she didn't want her life to mean nothing. Okay, thanks for that explanation a season later. Yeah, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that like, as an explanation? I feel like that makes sense with who Octavia was in the bunker. Yeah. I wish that we'd gotten that earlier. Mm-hmm. I just... 
I don't know what to say about Octavia's plotline. Just do you think that that was a not necessarily good reason, but like an explanation that makes sense for that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, like when you kind of, if I bring my memory back to how I was feeling and what I was thinking at that point in season five, um, I remember being incredibly upset with Octavia, especially like because like Monty was one of my favorite characters at that point and it's something that Monty had really worked towards mm-hmm. and she totally burnt it and ruined everything. And I remember that that line that Bellamy was like, hey, just so you know, like you've killed us all, have a nice walk. Yeah. Or, but thinking back to her motivations at that point, I understand that like, she had done terrible things and she knew she did terrible things, but she thought that if they could just, legacy, if they could just erase everything she did, not necessarily erase, but like everything was going to be okay again, that would have been like, I did all of those terrible things for nothing. Exactly. And it needs to be for something or else I'm just a terrible person. Yeah. Like the, the power that burning the farm gave her would have given her the legacy that she wanted. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's fine. That's a perfectly fine explanation. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I wish that it had come a lot earlier. I didn't even see it as like a legacy thing about like a, a taking things forward. I thought of it as um, looking back, not even necessarily about one crew, but about herself and her being like, I can't, not necessarily I can't forgive myself, but like, I thought that what I was doing, like all these terrible things was for something. Yeah. And if it's not for something, then I'm just bad. I mean, I think like two things can be true yeah. in, in that instance, just because to me, the legacy was basically that she didn't waste her time. Yeah, right. Um, Gabriel wants to save his people, but Murphy doesn't care about Gabriel's people. Be like, well, you know what, Murphy? I get it. Which also tracks. Yeah, I'd be like, cool, you want me to leave this really safe place, this sanctum, if you will. Oh! And go out there to save people I don't even know? Ah, no. People who would happily, like, let me burn? Pass. Hmm, not. But Octavia cares and Bellamy says they will, that he will help. So, of course, he has gets his sister back and then loses her immediately. Because okay. there's nothing that makes more sense than that, I guess. Gabriel points out the fact that Kaylee didn't support this and Daniel did. And I like that they are different, even though we didn't learn a lot about each of them. They are these little details in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not just like all primes suck. You know, they're all different because they're different people. Yeah. It's really cool. So, Murphy and Amori are uploaded onto the mind drives like that's official yes they're immortal now so okay i love that for them if one of them dies they'll never have to like their fans never have to worry about losing murphy and amori yeah i mean they i mean you always do of course because you get attached to the actors hence why i was like i don't know if i want kane in a new body like Mm -hmm. i want the kane i know right but the character will live right and it's like but you have to wait to like find another night blood and stuff exactly you know and like Oh, no one will let them do and that. And they killed the only person who could make Nightblood. But I'm sure Jackson will magically know how to make Nightblood yep. next season, mm-hmm. just in case. Just in case. But way to think that through, Jason. <laughs> Clark enters the mess hall. She learns that Russell took Maddie, which is worrying considering she killed his whole family. Mm. Russell and Mad Hedda show up. She commands everyone to kneel. Clark is the only one who does. She tries to get the real Maddie to please stand up by threatening to shoot herself. Maddie shows up at the last second and saves them. Shadehead is pissed, though. Her body is fighting against her. Okay, so if I'm interpreting this correctly, mm-hmm. she, Shadehead says kneel. So Clark kneels, and then Shadehead has, like, psych. Well, he's like, all the weak people are going to kneel for me, and then she does, and then he's like, so you're not even going to fight against me. And I'm like, you're a bad villain, dude. Like, Shadehead clearly doesn't understand people and just... Un- I hate this plotline. I truly do. Like, this, it's such a... 
friggin' waste of time. If we'd gotten something more interesting about Shade Hedda, like, yeah, Shade Hedda is Cadigan, or Shade Hedda was, you know, some kind of Becca, Becca creation. They kept Anything. talking about They kept talking about his flame keeper, and then they didn't tell us who his freaking flame keeper was. They keep, like, giving us, like, these little tidbits, and then they don't follow up with them, and I'm like, freaking pick up your bed- breadcrumbs then, you idiots! You know who would follow through with that? Who? Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. It's would. true, they would. They're the head showrunners of Lost, and they would do that. Because when they left Breadcrumbs, it was deliberate. Everyone always says that Lost has so many unanswered questions, when in reality, it doesn't. And I bet The 100 has more unanswered questions than Lost ever did. The 100 has more unanswered questions in one episode Mm -hmm. than Lost does in its entire run. Everyone was so obsessed about the, like, so upset about the amount of unanswered questions, but, like, now you watch TV and there are a bajillion unanswered questions and they don't care anymore. Like, what's up, Westworld? Yeah. Like, no one cares because they just want to throw these little details in. I think maybe as options for the writers so that they can go back and also to make something sound cool. Yeah. And I'm like, nothing sounds cool if you don't follow through. Yeah. So Indra says, um, the demon awoke one crew. So is she talking about Shade Hedda as the demon? Yes. Okay. I guess one crew's awake now? I guess. Is that... I Who's going to command them? She's not the commander anymore. That's what she said. I don't know. I'm confused. She's not the commander and Blood Rain is dead slash gone. So only Clark kneels. Lexa said you are strong. You're as weak as her. So that means you're, so that means um not weak at all. Yeah. I was going to say like, this is the thing that is so confusing to me is this show keeps reinforcing. If you care about people, you're weak. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? 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 Mm-hmm. Like, Lex's whole thing was love is weakness, and then she learned that it wasn't. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's the message that was drilled into Shade Hedda, and Shade Hedda continues on, is yeah. like, love is weakness. The problem is that the show keeps reinforcing that love actually is weakness, because everyone that Clark loves dies. Yeah. So. Yeah, the whole the whole point of, like, the beginning seasons was that, like, love is weakness. No, it isn't. And here's why it isn't, right? Exactly. Which is why it was so beautiful. Yeah. But now it's like, love is weakness love is weakness and now I'm sad yeah it's like if you love someone on this show that person will be used to hurt you Mm -hmm. what kind of message is that yeah in real life like relationships like between everyday people aren't like that like tv has set up this weird thing where if you have a close relationship with someone they will use it to torture you and with Clark it's every relationship will be used against her and I don't understand that me neither so Clark has to, I mean, Abby suffered right up until her own death. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the close relationships she had with people were abusive. Her, like the, the men she loved died. Like her life was useless. And then now Clark like is being told, yeah, you may love people, but you're not going to get anything from them either. Mm-hmm. And also, can I just say Maddie and Clark's relationship this season was weird. Yeah. They're supposed to be mother and daughter. But then they were never together. Sound familiar? Mm. Uh, uh. this show will like establish these incredible female relationships and then doesn't follow through on them i know they were like so to make up for all of that clark and raven are going to hug ball i was like are you kidding me raven got a storyline in the last two episodes of the season yeah like we saw raven in the last two episodes and that's it and she didn't yell at anyone yeah or make anyone raven yeah she didn't make anyone feel guilty that's so so raven yeah I, like, couldn't stop my- I know it's, like, very clearly not funny, but, like, I was almost kind of laughing when Clark was, like, holding that gun up to her head and she was, like, three, two- Because it's, like, a mom. Or, like, one, two, two and a half. 
Exactly. Two and three quarters. Maddie, I don't actually want to shoot myself. Please show up. My mom was like, if I get to three, you're going to get it. And like, that's all I thought about. You would never get to three. My mom never got to three. Mm -hmm. That's all I could think about. But Eliza like did such a good job. Oh, fully. Yeah. So Maddie is back. Yes. But we still have some stuff to figure out. They go back up to the med bay and delete Shade Hedda. They still have to take out the flame, but Clark's hands are shaking. Jackson does it instead. Maddie wakes up. Clark thanks Raven with a hug, but the flame uploads before Raven can delete it. So Lex is alive again? Yes. Shade Hedda's alive? What What does this mean? Yeah, okay, so first this of all- This part I'm fine with. First of all, yeah, oh yeah, it's a very cool cliffhanger. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can keep this part. I mean, I know a lot of people hate this, but I only hate the Shade Hedda part. The flame part- I will yeah. keep it. Yeah. So Jackson does it instead of Clark, obviously, because Clark's like been through um, a lot recently. And they killed their other doctor. Yeah. Gaia gets the flame. So this is something that I thought was really interesting. Like, and you can see it on Tati's face. She does such a yeah. really good job. But like centuries upon centuries of the flame, of the religion of the flame, of the thing that she has been. Mythology. Like she has been studying and thinking about for her entire life before she got into the bunker she was just like watching titus be the flame keeper yeah you know and she was like trying to learn how to be a flame keeper centuries upon centuries of mythology and religion surrounding this flame it's finally over it's in her hand and it's gaia yeah and it was her i think it's so cool who was there at the end yeah like and you can see she it was the last Tati. man standing yeah it's awesome She's very cool. But Tati does such a good job on the show. Mm -hmm. Maddie says, I'm not the commander anymore. And I was so surprised that we didn't have Clark be like, you're even better now. You're Maddie. I mean, I'm also glad because that's so cheesy. Totally. But I was really like, I was, I thought that that sounds like something the show would do. Okay. So what does it being uploaded, like what does upload complete mean for us? It means she definitely didn't delete it. She didn't do that. So it's all out of the flame. All the information is out of the flame, but it's not gone. Is it just like in the ether of the Allegis ship? Like, is it on the computer of the Allegis ship? Like what's up? I wish I knew. Yeah. Yeah. Do the commanders just live in the computer now? I don't know. And like, can they control something? Inside there? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's too cool a plot for them to explore. It's like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Exactly. Where it's like the ship is alive now and it can do stuff. I feel like that, again, like, I'm trying not to sound negative, but I feel like realistically they probably won't do that because it's too cool. Oh, okay. Or if they do, they'll, they'll mess it up. Okay. They will. But I think the thing that a lot of people don't like is the the constant implication that Lex is still alive. Uh Uh-huh. And to that I say, um, suck it up. Like, if this show's gonna remember dead characters, I, re- I love that it's Lexa. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm gonna be really happy when they... Actually, no, I'm not. I'm gonna be really upset when they bring up Abby just because they'll just use it to torture Clark. But hopefully someone remembers she died because everyone forgot Kane died. Murphy takes Gabriel down to get an adjustment. They let him in. Echo is really worried. Inside, Murphy tells Zev his memory's all messed up and both he and Gabriel get some adjustments done. Tori leaves, locks up the house, and plans to... Set it on fire. Octavia, Echo, and Bellamy are not about that plan. Inside, Murphy and Gabriel attack. Outside, they extinguish the torches. Tori decides to set herself on fire instead. I guess. What are you doing? So what did you think of, like, because to me, I don't know if we even needed this. I, okay. So Octavia's growing back on me because of this scene specifically. Why? So they're like, we have to save everybody. Okay. Uh, but it's like just gonna be us if the mob like starts to descend on them. And Echo says that's gonna be like 30 on three people. 
And Octavia turns back and goes, I like our chances. And Echo smiles. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Octavia has been so mean about Echo for like two full seasons. And now she's like saying to Echo's face that she thinks they're both really good fighters. And I was like, I was like, as much as I love that, I was like, didn't you hate Echo? She did, but then she like went or Then she had her personality transplant and now she likes Echo. But like, I'm, I'm in now. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm fine. Obviously, then we like immediately lose Octavia and like, where the heck is she? Who knows? But like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got me. You know, it works. Like I, as much as I'm like new Octavia, who is, I am glad that they decided to give them some sort of relationship. Yeah. I hope that it continues. I just love Echo, and she deserves nice. Echo things deserves the world, and deserves people saying nice things to her because she's been through so much, and yep. she deserves nice things. You know, from both characters in canon. And the fandom. Yes. I said what I said. And you said it correctly. I did. So this is what the adjusters are saying to the people who are being adjusted. The forest is awake. Are you with me so far? Sure, 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 sure. The vines pierce your skin. Neat. The swarm is devouring you. Do you feel it? The primes will save you if you let them. This just sounds like the children's book. Don't you think? The what? Oh, the children's book. Yeah. The the one that Josie wrote. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I kind of wonder if that's part of like what the book was right well like even like we're not nulls why are you telling us the vines pierce our skin you know it's interesting to scare them i think yeah oh to scare them and then be like the primes will save you you just have to like you just gotta be cool man just be chill i feel bad for nelson why because everyone was like let's leave him who cares and then gabriel came back and he was like i'm messed up now (laughs) and it's like did he survive i think so but yeah i think so who knows why would daniel also need adjusting i don't know like, Murphy's like, I need adjusting too. And I'm like, why? Is it because he's in a new host so he needs adjusting? I think my whole thing is, why wasn't that questioned more? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that I think that Tori and Zev both know that it's not Daniel or something because he, like, didn't remember him. Yeah. And, like, it's part of the mythology that they do, like, immediately remember you. Yeah. Or something. So, and that's why she, like, decided to, like, burn down the place even when Daniel's inside. All right, fair enough. So, I think that's why, but I'm not sure. Okay. So Murphy's like, sorry, I totally forgot we're a thing. Like, oops, you know how it'd be. Yeah, oops. And Classic. he's like, no, I don't know how it'd be. This is brand new. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I talked about this already, but like, he probably thought he'd never get his boyfriend back in his entire lifetime. Okay, so Gabriel says to Tori, I'm sorry this happened to you. That was soft. It was soft, but then I thought about it from Tori's perspective. Okay. Freak you, buddy. Oh, oh Yeah. How condescending are you? Yeah, you're sorry? Not only are you, like, the demon Gabriel in my religion, you're, like, literally Satan. Like, the the person, one of the last people who says something to you is, like, the person you hate the most. I'm sorry this happened to you. This is my life. But that's such a good line. Oh, totally. Like, when you're watching it, you're like... You're like, ooh, that's what she deserves. This is what Gabriel would have said, 100%. Yeah. Like, totally in character. We do feel sorry for her. Like, what a nice guy. But then when you, like, flip it and you think about it, it's like, you understand why she does what she does next. Because yeah. Because she's like, you're. She's like, you're sorry? I'm gonna make you sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Tori knows Daniel's not real. Why are you burning Daniel? We already talked about this. Have Prime Drives survived fire before? Like I'm going to say no. Like, if she's going to set Daniel on fire, is it like... I feel like this is new. If you're wrong, goodbye forever? Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is this is new. Because, like, it would... Even, like, science-wise, it would just... It would melt. Okay, so have Prime Drives survived fire before? Becca, question mark? Did they <gasps> take the flame out of Becca before or after they burned her? That's a damn fair point. Okay. Because they always take the flame out of people 
before. Well, after, after they die. Yeah. Except for Maddie and Clark. Maybe they're inflammable. Who knows? Could be. You never know. So if it is actually Daniel, she could be like, whoops. Schwoopsies. Get a new night blood, put them in there. Yeah. You know? Someone, who was it? I think it was Tori who said the demon and his false prophet. So the demon is obviously Gabriel. Is she saying that Murphy is his false prophet? Yeah, Murphy's a false prophet. Okay. And so Murphy's like, whoa, this thing is trippy. And he's like, whoa, toxin is quick in this host. It's called acting. Um, look it up. Murphy's like, whoa, this is crazy. And they're like, we buy it. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you buy it? <laughs> and then, of course, Murphy's like, sorry, I have to fight you. You're Great kisser, though. Way to go. Good yeah, work. Yeah, like, congrats. Yeah. You gotta go, though. This is the pan Murphy we all asked for. Hundo percent. Like, this to me is, like, genuine confirmation. This is what we deserve. Yeah. Murphy, Murphy was never supposed to be straight. No. And I will die with that opinion. Well, he literally, like, flirts with everybody. Like, that one time when he was just like, oh, Miller. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, keep it in your pants, Miller. Richard Harmon's chemistry with other people is so fluid that you could move his relationship to any status. Yeah. And you could buy it. Yeah. So, I love it. Yeah. Octavia stops Tori setting herself on fire and then immediately putting it out. Like, she's, it's, that's Octavia. Yeah. I loved it. She was like, um, I like those odds. And then she proved herself right. Mm -hmm. Gabriel sees runes on Octavia's back, the same ones he's been studying. Octavia has to go back into the anomaly. What took so long to get these tattoo things? Did it take a long time? Or like, was she just always wearing a jacket? Like, I don't remember. I don't, I think, didn't she have a tank top on when she woke up? I don't know. I don't remember. They, they clearly invented this for the finale. And I'm irritated because I wanted so much more of the anomaly storyline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I expected them to wrap up the anomaly and then have season seven be something completely different. I thought it... Just I, like the end of season five. I genuinely believed, because they kept talking about the massive brain damage that Clark experienced, I genuinely believed that a lot of the characters would go into the anomaly mm-hmm. at the end of this season. Oh, yeah. And, and then like, they come didn't. Back. Yeah. Yeah. We genuinely thought that it was going to have, like, healing properties because of time. Yeah. They had, like, the magic sap... They had the time stuff. I think that's why I was so friggin' convinced that Kane and Abby weren't really going to die. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many ways to bring people back. Yeah. And not only did they not use it, they friggin' wasted it. Mm-hmm. And then forgot to explain most of the science. I was like, this is your best storyline. Where the frack is Dioza? Yeah. I want her back. She, she was one of the best characters. She was. She was awesome. She got so many favorite line awards. I miss her. This show is missing something without Dioza. Yeah. So before we do the final few scenes, we got a DM from Liv Brown, who is at Liv Brown 12. Dude, the 100 finale. From Clark's range of devastating emotions when dealing with Mad Hedda and killing all the primes, shoving Simone slash Abby's face, to Mad Hedda's little scuffle, could have been better, Maddie should have stabbed his damn eye with a chess piece. Love that. But moving on. Sky crew getting their family back together after fighting all the crazy Sanctumites, and my personal favorite, they got shown the heck up by Octavia. Just a fabulous episode. But so, the main thread this entire season for our people has been, do better. Monty said, do better. Then when Gabriel is asking Murphy to fake be the prime so they can save the Sanctumite, they all freaking hesitated. Yep. All of Sky crew were like, not our problem, bro, except for Octavia. Her saying she couldn't let this continue happening was really their catalyst. Not saying I didn't love that moment, but Bellamy smiling at her and seeing them truly reconnect at that moment was just cry emoji. Yeah. OMG amazing, but Sky Crew still hesitated. I think that kind of hits the nail on the head of like why so many people feel disconnected from this season and from the show in general. Mm-hmm. 
And I hope you don't mind if I like, expand on this. I'm, I'm really happy that you love the episode, just by the way. Because on the surface, it's a cool episode. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens. It's just when you start, again, it's like a painting. You get close, it turns into a big mess. Mm-hmm. The message of the show, if you could try and find a message, throw your hands up in the air, you know, whatever. Everyone's going to die anyway. Life's a bitch and then you die. So I think like when when you kind of look at the motives of everyone where they're like, we're going to do this for Monty. We're going to be better. We're going to turn the page. None of that happened. They failed at all of that. They tried and they failed. And that's like, again, the problem with this show is everyone saying you shouldn't try at all because this nihilistic worldview that they've decided to imprint upon this show that used to be a show of hope is... Mm, Everything sucks and then you die. So you should just like not care about anything and you should be selfish. What a weird thing to communicate to an audience, especially in this political climate. That's a really weird thing to try and say. Like random stuff happens for no reason. I did stuff to hurt you. We are not actually going to do better and trying is useless. That's such a weird message to send. So I don't know why they hesitated. I think if they were the heroes that we know them to be, like if that I believe them to be, they would have jumped in with both feet. Mm-hmm. But I think they wanted to be like, oh, we need to make them morally gray. And I'm like, really? Because half of them have a body count over 100. Yeah. They're already morally gray. You don't have to keep piling on the bleakness to communicate that these people are complicated. Mm-hmm. We already know. Yeah. Do something else. Push them forward. Change them. Make them better people. Do something. Do anything that isn't just relentless, grim, dark crap. Casey just tweeted us, Honestly, my mind is still reeling from the incredibly true observation by the aficionados that Finn's death is the only death in the show, aside from maybe Monty and Harper, that was perfectly written. It was. I would also think, because we were talking about Jaha, Jaha's death was actually pretty good, too. Because mm-hmm. Jaha died a hero. Yeah. And he's, his death had meaning. It was plot relevant, but it was also incredibly moving, incredibly emotional, there was no fallout from it, so that part was a huge failure. But, you know, with, like, the Octavia and Kane and Abby being there when he died, like, that was a good death. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd followed through on it. Yeah. But Jaha's death, like, I couldn't have wished for much more for him. Yeah. I just like that Octavia was like, I have to go back! Big Starbuck energy. Also big Jack energy. <laughs> Those two lines happened at the same time, so it was always, like, tied in my brain. Um, we did get an email and a voicemail from our friend Rhonda, who is at Rhonda Agnew. Hi, Rhonda! Hello, Robin and Brittany. I just got done re-watching The 100 season finale, and I have thoughts. Because as soon as I turned it off, I turned on your podcast, which I listen to regularly, as well as everybody else that I listen to. Although certain podcasts about The 100 I can't listen to, because some of the people on it are so darn negative, it's just too hard to listen to. I'll start with your podcast. I love it. I feel that we could be great soul sisters. You guys like all the shows that I like, and your references just kill me because I don't get those references anywhere else in my life. In my life, I'm just a nerd that nobody understands. The fans of The 100 are some of the meanest, most cruel fans in the world. There are some nice ones, don't get me wrong. But I really wonder sometimes about some of these fans. They are on Twitter being evil and mean and and saying things that are hurtful and harmful but they call themselves fans and i don't understand how you can be a fan of something when you consistently bash other fans the actors the roles the creators in a negative really mean-spirited way if it upsets you that much don't watch I mean, it's as simple as that if you're going to get so bent out of shape over a television show 
you might need to take a serious look at what really matters in life. Because at the end of the day, The 100 is a television show. As for the season finale, I loved it and I hated it. I wanted Clark to pull a lever. It has become a tradition. I didn't want her to pull that lever. I mean, that was just sad. Terrible, sad. Thank you, Jason. But really, you couldn't have found another lever lever for Clark to pull. Oh, well. I'll carry on. We did not get Bullark this season. We kind of did, but not really. We may never get Bullark. That's okay. I'll write it in my fan fictions. I don't need to get it on the show to get it. Besides, we have Beliza. And that's the next best thing, really, right? I mean, that news about floored me. But it's okay if I never get Bullark, because I know I got Beliza. I can live with that. I like Becco. I used to love Becco, but I think that Echo's thoughts that as soon as they came back to Earth in Season 5, everything was going to change. I think it has. I don't think they love each other to the depths that they, they did when they were in space. Too many distractions, too many real-life issues going on. I don't doubt they love each other. I just don't know if loving each other is enough. Patty Smythe did a song years ago that said, Sometimes love is just not enough. You can love somebody with all your heart, but it may not be a good reason to be together with them. And maybe that needs to be taken into consideration. It would be nice to Belark find that. And hey, maybe we will in Season 7. But if we don't, I'm okay with that too. I don't watch shows because of ships. My license plate says I ship it because I do ship a lot of things. More things that I probably should because... Shipping things can really bring you heartache. But you know what? Again, that's fantasy. This is real life. You have to figure out how to maintain a great balance. I love Octavia's storyline this season. I'm glad they finally took the blood rain out of Octavia and brought her back to us and put Bellamy and her on a ground where one is not saving the other, one is not responsible for the other. They are willing to work together and be the siblings that they need to be without being the whole end-all and be-all for each other. I kind of wish they hadn't have stabbed and or sent her off to the anomaly at the very end, especially the very end of the episode. But that is typical Jason Rothenberg. I think he is trying to kill us and doing a damn good job of it. LOL. I say keep podcasting, keep having your feelings, keep feeling your feelings, and let the naysayers be damned. And you know what? If you want to post something positive or negative, don't be a coward about it. Sign your name to it. If you're brave enough to put it out there, Sign your name to it. Otherwise, you're just being a bully. Keep up the good work. I look forward to next season. Maybe if I rob a bank or work really extra hard, I'll see you guys at Unity Days. It's one of my goals to get to Unity Days and Conageddon this year. We'll find out. Till then, may we meet again. So thank you so much to Rhonda for that voicemail. Thank you very much. Really appreciated it. Everyone from space returns. They are headed to the anomaly. Jordan decides to stay behind in Sanctum. Jordan has a mind drive. Reunions. Reunions everywhere. Bellamy and Clark have a moment. So, first of all, Russell is there. He's not dead. I mean, I feel like you can tell from my facial expression what my mind is blown the most by. Jordan has a mind drive? Okay, yes. So, first of all, Bellamy is talking to Jordan, and he's like, hey. Jordan's like, heard you got Priya killed. You don't even know Priya. And he's like, the truth got Priya killed. And it's like, okay. Sure? Sure. What? So, okay. 
then we have this weird focus shift. And I, I remember, because, like, we were watching the finale. Like, you guys showed up for the end of it. I was, mm-hmm. I was watching it. I didn't there was this watch weird, it live because Abby Stan. Because we were watching it. We were watching it, and there was this weird focus shift. And we, and we were like, okay? Yeah. Who is that? I realize I'm pretty sure that's the adjuster, Trey, who was, like, uh, helping him. The finale was too big. Doing, like, the magic or whatever. So, for next season, I guess we need someone to stay. So Jordan has stayed in Sanctum so that we can, like, see what's going on. I guess. He's still a Prime supporter, it seems like. Like, the magic worked on him, I guess. I guess. Okay. So. Monty and Harper's kid would not want this. No. Okay, so here's the part where it gets muddy. When I first watched it, I thought that Bellamy gave him Priya's mind drive. And then I was talking to my mom that night, and she was like, I don't know where he got that. And I was like, Bellamy gave it to him. And she was like, I didn't think Bellamy gave him to him. And I looked at this. Bellamy absolutely did not give it to him. No, he just had it. He just had it. Like, like Bellamy has his hand on his arm, and both of Jordan's arms are down, so he definitely didn't hand it to him. And then when he walked away, Jordan, like, they, there was a little bit of a continuity shift, and his hand was up, and he had it. I think he was hiding it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How did you get that? Whose mind drive is it? You think it's, it's definitely Priya's. It's definitely Priya's. But Priya is not Delilah. No. So what are you doing, Jordan? They made Jordan insane. It's weird. Yeah, I'm still really confused about that. But either way... Anyway, Jordan was a waste of time. Next. Is that Priya's mind drive? Or it could also be... And I'm pretty sure it's Priya's mind drive. But I'm pretty sure we also have a free chip that doesn't have anybody on it. I don't know. Sure. could have that. I don't know. Sure. The song is singing, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, song. Okay, cool. Chill out, man. We get a Maxon kiss. <gasps> Finally. Thank you. Uh, there was not nearly enough Max in this season. This is probably one of my favorite moments. Like these reunions are probably like my favorite moments of the yeah. episode. So we have the Maxim reunion and then Raven ha- hugs Murphy and Amori. Yep. The OT3 we deserve. Even Clark and Echo have a little moment too. I was like, I was like, that's it. That's my OT3. Right there. Right there. Jackson and Echo hug, which like- There's so much cuteness You here. guys don't know each other, but also like such an Intasia fully just make out on stage at Unity Days. They so, really do. Yeah. I don't know. I like, are they dating? Are they not dating? We don't know, but I ship it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We'll take it. Um, And then of course, Clark and Bellamy have their moment about like how they tried to do better. Clark like, was like, tell me it was worth it. And I'm like, it wasn't. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It fully wasn't. This moment feels so disrespectful to me. Okay. Because I watched it and like, I was like, it's going to happen. Oh, it's finally going to happen. It's it's going to happen. Like, they're about to do it. Uh And then they didn't. Like, why are you doing this to your audience? It's like they they dangle in front and then they're like, "Mm, you can't have that. And then they make you feel stupid for thinking that you could. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, hello? Don't be dicks. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, just... I know they're never going to make Bellark happen, but they keep like textually framing it as if it's going to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really rude to the audience. Like, I feel like they're gaslighting the audience. Especially after the big blow up after season five about the fact that it didn't happen mm-hmm. and everyone was genuinely like really upset and then still even doing things like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, ouch. Like, at this point, the hundred is gaslighting its audience mm-hmm. and it's doing it through social media and it's doing it through the show. And so on the one hand, the show is showing you your favorites can live and like, you know, if, what is it again? If death has no cost, then life has no meaning and their relationships are important. And you're literally seeing on screen, like Bellamy and Clark being framed in this romantic way. And then they get on social media and they're like, death has no purpose. And these two will never be canon. And I'm like, what? 
like, okay, congratulations. You're gaslighting your, you're lying to your audience. You are disrespecting your audience. You're treating them like they're idiots. And it's like, it's an abusive relationship. It's bad. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) So last scene at the anomaly stone, they use the runes on O's back to get the password. I guess. That's weird. The anomaly opens up swallowing them. Hope Dioza runs into the tent. O's memories all flood back. She gets stabbed, but she's chill with it. She disappears into thin air, you know, like you do, and Bellamy is left screaming Octavia's name in the forest. So you clearly have to be injured to go inside the anomaly? I don't understand your- I don't understand how you get that. Well, because what other reason would they be for her to be stabbed? I thought- oh, that's not- I thought that, um, was was Dioza injured when she went into the anomaly? No, but Dioza's also not- didn't come back out of the anomaly. Maybe the anomaly needs to fix something and you can go back out again. But if you don't need the anomaly, but you're drawn to the anomaly, you go into it and you don't come back out. Okay. I thought that like her being stabbed was some sort of prophecy, like especially because they were talking about he has my mother, tell him it's done. So I thought it was some sort of like, there was somebody inside of there that said like, that's possible? Something. So that's what I thought it was. You know what? That's absolutely true. That could absolutely be it. Yeah. Who's he? Don't know. I really feel like the end of this show is either going to be everyone up in space again, or it's a hard reset. Yeah. They go all the way back in time. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but they're going to probably like pull a battle star where it'll be like the last five minutes will be like a flash forward or a flashback to see everyone in our universe. Yeah. You know what? I'm putting money on that. Someone write that down. This is how this show ends. Okay. This reminded me a lot of Atlantis. It's like the heart. uh, It's like um, the heart of Atlantis. Yeah. Where it's like this giant thing in the middle of the underground and you have to be like, what does it do? It's And it like lights up sometimes and you have to like, there's like scripture on it and stuff. Um, But it also reminded me, of course, of the heart of the island from Lost. Mm -hmm. So there's that. There's nothing I like better than like an archaeological mythological mystery. Like I love that stuff. It always was supposed to be Octavia because um, it's called the Octonian. Okay. Is what, like, the symbol is called. And, of course, it's N-O, so she's the one who gets to press it. Um, so not only is Octonian, like, kind of part of her name, but O is, like, a name that she gets called. So what do you think of, like, that? Did you think it was kind of... I love a prophecy. Yeah. I love, um, I love destiny. You know, it, it's like, uh, we talked a lot about Jacob in uh, mm-hmm. uh, last episode, um, who's, like, the, basically, like, the Jesus of Lost, the, the big guy on the island who, like controls everything Mm -hmm. and eventually there does need to be a new Jacob and there's a lot of talk about like destiny and who it's meant to be and who yeah whose life led up to the moment where they become the new Jacob and so you know I love I love a prophecy I love I love destiny yeah the only thing that I would like I did snort at the fact that it was a giant O Mm -hmm. I was like I liked that although a little heavy-handed but okay But um, now that I think about it, I'm like, if I want to think more deeply about it than the writers did, I think the O could also be, like, a representative of, like, the ring, the arc. Sure, yeah. Um, where Octavia literally lived under the floor, like, you know. Right, like like she is right now. Exactly. But I, I love all of this stuff. Like, this is this is a good mystery. And I'm really looking forward to it being explored really well in the first half of the season and then fall the frick apart in the back half. I really hope it doesn't. Being the last season, like, come on, guys. Pull it out, please. Every season since season three, front half, good. Back half, hot mess. Mm. Um, And we did want to let you guys know that we will be podcasting about next season. Yeah, so that'll... Yeah. Yeah. You guys sent us like a lot of really nice stuff. I am. A, I do want to apologize for like being so salty. Eventually, I, I, as I said before, I'll get over it. 
I was getting over it and then they killed Abby. And then I just went even deeper into my anger. I will probably always be angry at the way they killed my favorite characters. I will super always be angry at the very callous comments that Jason Rothenberg made about killing them because they were very pointed and it's very clear that like he's been reading and listening to some of the things that people are saying and he doesn't agree and like suck it up. That's what critique is. It, that's If your fans are saying, hey, maybe this was bad... And I don't all know. All of them are saying that. All of them are saying that. This is like with Lexa, where it was like pulling teeth, where you have to be like, hey, dude, you made a mistake. And then you just got to beat it into them. And so then the same thing with Jasper, where it was like, hey, you made a mistake. And now it's like, hey, you made a mistake. The problem is that the people who helped you correct those mistakes and gave those fans closure, we don't Left care after anymore. Jasper and Lexa. Yeah. And, and like, even then, like, after Jasper and Lexa, like, I feel like a lot of, like, the critics and stuff were still, like, stuck around being like, yeah, like, we care about the show and we really want to help. And I think a lot of them came from, like, the the adults fandom, like, the Kane and Abby fandom. And then they just murdered Kane and Abby. Dioz is gone. Jaha's gone. The only adult left is, I think, Indra. Oh, my God. Yeah, all of the- Team Adults is gone. Team Adult is dead. The only adult left is Indra and she had nothing to do. Did we count Jackson and Team Adults? Some people do. Some people don't. I don't really. No. Because he's Danny Miller. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh my god, Team Adults is yeah. gone! Holy crap! And I like, didn't even think about that. Their fan base was like some of like definitely not the loudest, but definitely the ones that like were putting out like podcasts and like yeah. reviews and stuff, like people who were really like critiquing and like working for the fans, but also trying to like make a change in the show to be like, hey, I know you made a mistake here, but here's how you can fix it. There's like the people like we're not there anymore, you know? Like obviously Jason's not going to listen to this podcast because. <laughs> obviously so i don't know like obviously there's other parts of the fandom who will of course contribute and i just think he lost a big chunk of the fandom that had a lot of passion and really cared mm-hmm. and of course will be replaced by other people like that's just how it is but i do think it's a loss the same way the Klexa fandom was a loss the same way the linktavia fandom was a loss the jasper fandom like the the cabbie fandom is now gone the team of adults fandom is gone now so for me, there's like, I don't have any emotional investment left in the show. So it kind of enables me to watch the show. And you guys were so good about feedback and messaging like us and saying, you know, this was something that really helped you. And the podcast was like a safe place for you and how much you just really liked what we were doing. And so that's like why I'm personally sticking around is for you guys. And I think like when I said a couple episodes ago, like, the role of a critic was to make change. I think I was wrong. And the role of like a critic and the role of a podcaster, it shouldn't be to try and change things. It should be to fight for the fans and to be there for the fans. And so I was wrong. And you guys really helped me see that in ways that you had no idea you were doing. But I really appreciated all the feedback. And so that's why I'm sticking around is for you guys. I'm sticking around because I physically cannot leave. At, like, it's the last season. I gotta, I gotta stick it out. And, you know, also, I mean, low blow, but, like, my favorite character isn't dead and I want to see what happens. Screw you. <laughs> so. That is too soon. Too so, soon. Yeah. But, yeah, and uh, we are really going to miss all of you guys because this is actually our most popular podcast. But we do want you guys to know that we do have other podcasts that we are putting out regularly so if you're missing us during this hiatus honestly guys we're there come listen to our riverdale podcast i swear to god just come hang out with us at riverdale it's where we have so much fun we have so much fun at riverdale like if you think that this is like i mean i know we make jokes but like it's it's heavier 
Like Riverdale, on Riverdale, we, are we have so much fun. It's just filled <laughs> with jokes. So to all the people who said that this podcast brings you joy, if you're looking for joy in the form of making fun of television that is made to be made fun exactly. of, exactly, that's where you can find us. And like we also said before, there are some people who don't even watch Riverdale and they listen to our Riverdale podcast. So if you don't want to watch Riverdale, you don't have to. You can still listen to just the podcast. listen to us. And, like, the first season, like, we were trying to take Riverdale seriously. Yes, the first season we're, like, <laughs> upset because we didn't really like it and we're sad because we love Archie comics. But as soon as we get to season two, we're, we're like, like, okay, we get it now. life now. It's like, this is a parody. Yeah. Let's watch it like it's funny. And then we did. Yeah. And it's genius. And I, like, I genuinely love Riverdale. Like, yeah. if you're like, oh, my God, why do I want to watch something that's going to rot my brain? Everything's going to rot your brain these days. You might as well have some fun doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, come listen to our Riverdale podcast. It's a good time. We also do Stranger Things, and we also do Lost. Lost is my favorite show of all time. We have guests over there, so it's not even just our opinions. It's, like, new people every single time, which is super, super fun. And familiar faces from the 100 fandom. Yes. Like, if you're like, ooh, I don't know, that might be too new. Selena from Hypable comes and guests on it. A lot of, like, our favorite, like, fandom friends come and guests on it. Sam, who comes on here all the time. I date Claire, her. Claire from Metastation Cla- yeah. has been on. Um, we've had even had Aaron from Metastation on. Basically just... Lots of people. You know, either your friends, people you know, or people that, like, you don't know yet, but you know, like, for, like are familiar with the same things that you do. On any given time, especially if they're from the 100 fandom, we end up talking about the 100. Yeah. It just, it just happens. Like, it's the thing that connects us. So... And I promise you, if you're looking for a show that will treat all of their deaths with dignity, respect, and keep it in the memories of the living characters... And doesn't hate its audience. And doesn't hate its audience... And answers all of the unanswered questions. It's has lies. very minimal <laughs> plot holes. That's your show. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Joe Garfine. Oh, yeah. Joe Garfine, obviously, has been on the podcast a bunch, too. So, yeah. It's on Hulu if you're in America. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, so, if you do watch it, DM me so we can be best friends now. And I also do want to say, we haven't talked about it much, but I am making Robin podcast the Star Trek Picard show because... She's never watched Star Trek. I've watched a lot of Star Trek. I think Sam and Emily are going to be around for that too because we all live in the same house and I made them watch Star Trek and now they're Trekkies and it makes Robin slightly insane. So we will be uh, covering Star Trek at some point in early 2020 and I'm so excited. I'm excited for you. (laughs) Thank you. That one's your baby. I do a lot lot of notes. I always do. Not always, but I often do the notes. I often do the editing. And, like, that's Britney's. That's all Britney's. That's my baby. So, The 100 Podcast was my baby. And then it hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. But with Star Trek, anything could happen in Star Trek. And I'll be like, no, this is still my baby. Yeah. So that's Britney's baby. Yeah. Um, If it's up late, it's her fault. Because I'm (gasps) not going to be there. (laughs) I'm not going to be like, sorry, you have to have it up for the Patreons here and up for everybody else there. It's all her. So, so, you know, go. that's going to be all Britney. Also, if you guys want us to do other Star Trek podcasts, you should tell us. I will not be doing any other Star Trek podcasts. No, but Sam and Emily and I could. Okay. Like, we've all watched Voyager, TNG. I haven't watched Discovery. You have to do everything for those, though. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. If that's something you guys are interested in, that's also a show that's founding belief is hope. So, if you need something that will soothe your soul, there are scientific studies that Star Trek is very good for your mental health. Maybe I'll show up. Okay. (laughs) I might show up just to be the interesting person who's never seen anything. And then, like, have it be like, I'm here for the spoiler-free section. Yeah. And you'll be like, I hate this. And I'll be like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? What? We're not even done talking about this storyline. 
Yeah, I kind of forgot because after this, it's just uh, Octavia goes poof. Yeah, so first of all, Hope has got a crazy look going on. I guess that's the fashion of the anomaly. What is it like living your whole life in the anomaly? I feel like you definitely have eye damage, right? Or something. I don't know. That's what I'm interested in uh, for next season is finding out, like, what actually happens in the anomaly. Because if it's just constantly, like, a sandstorm, yikes. Yeah. I, mm, I don't... I don't want to make a lot of guesses about Hope Dioza because I feel like the show doesn't know what they're doing with her yet. Right. And that's not shade. It's just she's a brand new character. Yeah, exactly. And they like just started writing season seven. Like they hadn't written season seven when they shot this. Precisely. So who knows? And then of course we talked about him. He has my mother tell him it's done. Um, what do the runes on her face mean? We don't know. Um, so it looks like we are keeping hope. So Hope and Octavia have switched places. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do want to point out the only thing I have to say about this scene, because like, it's just, the scene kind of, it speaks for itself in terms of, oh, here's the setup for the next season. In the script, it says that not only does Hope know Octavia, but loves her. Right. And I'm like, loves in a familiar way or loves in a gay way? Y'all got to establish this for me, please. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I'm like, if you love her in a gay way. I'm in. I might be back in again. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's like, how long was, like, it's clear that Hope, at least, ages in the anomaly. Uh-huh. Um, especially because if, if we did actually switch places, like, she's still a person. She sure is. Uh, like, an, uh. Who ages at the same rate. Yeah. I, I have a lot of sci-fi thoughts about this, but I feel like it's not fair to speculate until we have any kind yeah. of, like, ground for what's gonna happen. Like, we talked a little bit about Narnia earlier this season and the fact that, like, when they go into the wardrobe in the first movie slash book, they, like, full-on age, they're a full-on adults, and then they go back out and they're kids again. Exactly. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, does Hope even know Octavia in this form? Does she know her? I think her? she does. Like, no, but I mean, like, has oh, Octavia, while yeah. she was growing up, like, been an older woman, and now she's, and, like, like was Octavia? Yeah, that's a good point. But, okay. like, one other question that I had about this was, like, is Octavia, like, was Octavia lying to Gabriel this whole time? And I don't think that's true. I think that she full-on did forget and then only remembered when she saw her. I think maybe before she went came out of the anomaly, she made herself forget. Mm. Oh, on purpose. Yeah. I think, I think if they're going to do a cyclical thing, they could go all the way back to Octavia accidentally, like Octavia and Dioza causing the anomaly in the first place or putting gotcha. those stones there. That's, that's, something that's that some of, good stuff. Something similar happens in Lost as well. It's mm-hmm. something called the incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't bring up the incident in this house. But like, you know, it's no secret that there is, is it, is some time travel in Lost as well. Yeah. And of course. And they actually care about exploring it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, there's a thing where it's like, there's this big thing that they've been hearing about forever. And then when they have their time travel, they're like going to do something big. And the character of Miles who comes in in season four says like, have you guys even thought about the fact that that he might be out there causing the thing that he's trying to prevent? And well, of course, and, and and of course, like they have this comedic moment where everyone sits there and they're like, "Uh." Well, it's very much um, Doctor Who: The Fires of Pompeii, yeah. where the Doctor and Donna realize like they're partially responsible for Pompeii. Yeah. And by them going there, they were unable to stop it because they started it. Yeah. So exactly. I love I love a paradox. Totally. I love a paradox. So much fun. Now it's time for segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, or our best line award. Mine goes to Murphy for... Being a god should be more fun than this. He's such a little whiner. He's so valid. But it's true. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. And I have an honorable mention that also goes to Murphy and also Gabriel <laughs> for... If I die, you're bringing me back. No, I'm not. Please lie to me. Fair. Like, 
Yeah, it's so funny because it's like literally Gabriel is like, actually, that goes against every single thing that I've said this season. Like, at least they know that someone is against Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. And mine goes to Echo and Murphy for everything okay in there? Yeah, best party ever. Fantastic. Yeah. Have a great time. I want more of that duo. Yeah. And my new segment is Arcane and Abby still dead? Yeah, they're still dead. <laughs> um, and my next segment is Most Valuable Protagonist Award. So this week's MVP, just like for myself, because it's the finale, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Murphy. Okay. He does a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Do other people deserve it more than him? Maybe. Yeah. But it's my segment and I pick Murphy. It's my segment and that's my garbage son. That's my little king trash mouth. Yeah. How many episodes is the last murder? Oh, well, Abby was murdered this episode, so. Two episodes in a row she got murdered. She was murdered last episode. This was Simone. Sorry, her body was murdered this episode. Yeah. Uh, We don't have a trailer reaction because there is no trailer. Oops. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you were so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's perpetually open. It's in the description. We'd love to hear from you. If you like Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too, which I think we've established. So you should come listen to our Riverdale podcast. Thanks. Yeah. So like we said before, if you're missing us this hiatus, we have like three Three seasons of Riverdale. Three seasons of Riverdale. We have almost two full seasons of Lost, which are longer than um, the 100 seasons. So it's kind of like four seasons of the 100. I mean, sure. If you, I mean, Riverdale is also 22 episodes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So it's like two episodes. Two seasons of Riverdale, I guess. But we have lots of fun over there. There are guests. So if you uh, like Lost slash are going to watch Lost, once you're done, hit me up and you can come be a guest on the Lost podcast. It's so fun. Yep. We have so much fun with people. I love it. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, like we said, we like to talk about that show too. Um, Did all of season one, talked about season three when it came out, and we were going to be going back and talking about season two. So hit us up over there. Lots of places that you guys can see us and hear us um, this hiatus. Hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to Disney World in September. We sure heck are. And I'm going to try and post some vlogs on our YouTube so that'll be fun. That'll be fun, cute, and fresh. Yeah, it'll yeah. definitely. I mean, it'll be on our Twitter, so hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely follow our Twitters. Yeah, speaking of, follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly, mostly Twitter. Twitter. I do make gifts on our Tumblr. I've been posting on our Instagram story. Like I said about YouTube, we are around. We are around. I would I would define us as being around. around. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you think that what we did this season was worth your dollars, we would really appreciate it. Uh, this will always be free, but like we said, five podcasts equals lots of hosting fees. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And um, I keep forgetting to promo this, but I have an Etsy shop. Yeah. So you should follow my Instagram, which is Shop Belux, which is B-E-E-L-U-X-E, because yeah. um, I make stuff. Yeah, we are um, sending them out constantly because everyone is so lovely buying things. So yeah. please go and check it out. It's really cool stuff. I express all of my things into art therapy, and I got to tell you, it's nice. <laughs> So the next episode, um, this was the finale, obviously, but the next thing that's probably going to be on this feed is um, talking about Unity Days. We keep forgetting to mention that Unity Days is back. UD4. Yes. Um, we're going to be there, obviously. It happens here where we live. 
So definitely go check it out. Probably bully Leanna into coming on the podcast again. Yeah. She'll love that. Yeah. She won't. Unity Events Canada. Uh, yeah. Follow them, stand them for life. Come see us. Otherwise, I will hunt you down. We want to see you. But also, yeah, come to Unity Days, guys. It's really fun. It's good and it's fresh. And we have a really good time. And we love hearing from you guys there. I cannot tell you how exciting it is for when people come up to you and say, I listen to your podcast. It's great. (laughs) And I'm literally like, why? I'm a talking dog, but also thank you. (laughs) Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.